Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. The Worldwide Fellowship of Independent Christian Churches, WFICC, is now reaching out in 1,500 locations in nine countries. Today we interview Archbishop Everett Caldwell. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we normally like to report the news, discern the spirits, and pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. Today we have a guest interview with a man that I respect, a man that I uh, ha have been able to minister alongside for a couple years now, and I think it's appropriate that we bring Archbishop Everett Caldwell onto our program, because he has a global leadership platform providing ministry to 1,500 different ministries, 50 of which are in the United States, but in nine countries, uh, Archbishop Everett Caldwell leads the Worldwide Fellowship of Independent Christian Churches. Archbishop, how are you today, sir? Good, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Chaps. It's great to be with you and your community. Well, thank you for coming on the show, and I'm so excited to finally hear the story um, I, I can't hear enough because you guys are growing and I'm, I'm a small yes. part of, of what you guys have been doing for many years before I joined. But I wonder what is the Worldwide Fellowship of Independent Christian Churches and what is your goal? Yes, thank you uh, for that question. Uh, I'll say this, the Worldwide Fellowship of Independent Christian Churches was birthed out of obedience, you know, following that God had called a group of people together to birth uh, international global community. Uh, our focus is, we have we have three areas of focus, it would be to equip the saints, to launch the saints for ministry, but also to oversee those ministries for the purpose of serving Christ. Uh, we, uh, all around the world, we're in places like Pakistan, uh, India, uh, Liberia, Kenya, um, other places around the world, doing ministry and serving God's people. We have a, a close uh, desire and passion to, to serve the poor. Uh, a lot of our ministries overseas are uh, are relegated to that point of serving the poor and disenfranchised. Um, it's just been a blessing time to serve uh, the WFIC as a global leader. I was uh, inaugurated to serve about going on uh, about five years now, and it's just been a great, great tired of the fellowship. Well, thank you. You also uh, provide ordination to, our audience happens to be American, but you have about 50 uh, ministers here in America who have been ordained through your ministry. I count myself privileged to be one of those. Uh, why would somebody yeah. seek ordination with your denomination? And, and what, what oversight do you provide? Yeah. I think one thing that's unique about our community that I think people would want to be a part, I think the first important part is that we are a community, uh, even though that some people do call us a denomination, we kind of think of ourselves as a community of believers. Uh, what's important to us is not so caught up in doctrine, even though we are evangelical in our persuasion, 
But what's most important to us is really is helping people go into the ministry they feel God has called them to. And sometimes that can be very challenging in denominational uh, communities uh, where you have oversight, want you to go a certain direction. But we try not or we don't uh, try to discourage people from go going to the area that God has called them. So we get a lot of people coming to our ministry are people who just want support, uh, who want to go into a particular ministry that they might feel that is unique and different, but don't feel like they have a support of leadership behind them. And so a lot of, we get a lot of people uh, who come into our ministry for that. And that's been something that's very special to my heart. If we want to, we want to send people off in the ministry. We, want, we don't want to create a lot of red tape and hold people back. And that's why I think people find it very uh, comforting to, to be a part of our community and community that seeks to do that. Uh, we got people, who, like you say, who are ordained, but they're serving in many different capacities. You got people who are serving in the military as ordained ministers and chaplains, people who are serving in the um, secret services. We got people who are serving in the hospital, the hospice. We got people who are serving in NASCAR. Uh, wherever arena they felt God has called them to, we focus on equipping them and sending them into those ministries. Um, that's what is important to us. And, and sometimes that might be easy, sound easy, but it's kind of hard in some communities that does not always uh, support the ministry going in different areas of ministry. Well, thank you. I first learned of your group when I was going through hospital chaplain training with my bishop here in Colorado Springs, K. Owen Larson who leads a, a local chaplain training program. Talk about your concern for the poor and the sick in particular, and why did Jesus, um, how do you hear Jesus speaking to the poor and the sick? Yeah, thank you for that question. You know, I, the, when I think of the poor, especially the poor and sick, but definitely the poor, um, um, I, it has a lot to do with my own upbringing. Uh, I, was, I grew up very poor in a small little town called Luxor, Arkansas, uh, a very small community, uh, very impoverished community. I would say over probably 70% of the community was uh, uh, or poor or below the poverty line. So I know the, the hardship and the trials of being poor, what comes with that. Uh, however, I know, know that God is a God who can bring joy and, and hope to people who are in those, uh, uh, in those situations. So. I personally, as I just have a, a tender heart towards the poor and the sick because I grew up in that sick uh, and so I understand it quite a bit. My uh, desire or hope has been trying to, uh, to live out that expression as a leader of the WFICC that we don't forget about the poor and the marginalized, you know. And I think Jesus went to the poor. He, his ministry was to the poor. And if you think about it, that was, a, that was also an opportunity. Uh, a scenario where when Jesus was born, that there was no place for him to lay his head. You know, there was no room uh, for him to, uh, his mother uh, to, 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 to to labor with him and, and to deliver a baby. And so I think Jesus has a special heart for the poor. I think we're called to them. Um, and um, that's one of the most important things to me. And you see that dynamic play out pretty largely in our organization. We have people who are ministering to the poor who are not even considered part of the population in the area they're living in. You know, when they pass away, no one calculates or go up there and, 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 and go to a bereavement with that community because they're so far from the, uh, or on the margin of their society. And we have ministers who travel those journeys uh, and, and trails that go minister to those persons. And so 
uh, is very important to our organization to never uh, underestimate or uh, uh, overlook our calling to those who are in much need. Amen to that. We need to take a short commercial break. When we come back, more with Archbishop Everett Caldwell, especially on his overseas ministry after this. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps. I'm Dr. Chaps. Jesus said in Matthew 24 that famine would be a sign of the end. And we are now facing a famine of biblical proportions in one of the poorest states in India, where our charity has sponsored up to 259 orphans and children for many years. But now, there are thousands of people starving in the streets because of the unemployment there. And we've been helping widows, like the letter we received from Sanuri, who writes to us and says, I stay with my three children in the slum. I was washing plates in the hotel and earning bread for my family, paying house rent. Suddenly, I lost my income. After hotels were closed by the government, this was a shocking moment for me. Afterward, we could manage eating half a meal a day to manage a scanty ration for longer days. When there was no ration left for my family, I was quietly weeping outside with agony. An unknown fellow came and asked whether I am a widow. I said, yes. He wrote my name and address and asked me to collect ration from your office. I got that ration with joyful tears. I strongly believe that God helps the helpless during troubled times through benevolent people. You know, the benevolent people she's talking about are you and your generosity when you give through our ministry is actually helping her to see God. Would you please donate today at 866-Obey-God? Again, our phone number, 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D, and help us supply a matching gift. We've already given up to $10,000 to supply 100,000 meals, and there's somebody out there who could double that gift with one stroke of a pen. Please donate through our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and designate your gift to India Relief. Please give today. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Archbishop Everett Caldwell, who leads the Worldwide Fellowship of Independent Christian Churches. Uh, Archbishop, I wanna ask you, I, I have been able to serve uh, with, with mm -hmm. Bishop K. Owen Larson here in, in Colorado in three different nursing homes for a period of three years, ministering to the elderly. And this year with COVID, we have seen uh, how the nursing homes have just been ravaged and people have died because of the virus. Yeah. We've also seen famine as our charity, Pray in Jesus Name, ministers in India, in one of the poorest states in India. We've been sponsoring 300 orphans and children and now feeding up to 1,000 children a day in four community kitchens in the slums. You yourself have been overseas, you've traveled, and some of your ministers are in India and Pakistan. What are they doing it during the COVID crisis to help the poor? Yeah, I think uh, what they're doing is similar to what you've been talking about just a couple minutes ago. They've been very present uh, with the poor, and oftentimes when uh, during a pandemic like we are experiencing, often we, we tend to forget about the poor. Uh, we don't go and see how they're doing. And so our ministers uh, have been strategic in making sure that 
Um, they have been present, but not just present, but also reminding them about uh, just basic things that keep safe, like, you know, washing your hands, not touching your face, uh, social distancing, but also providing food. Because a lot of these places where the poor at, uh, they, they often don't get very much or in, any at all, any type of food assistance. And so a lot of our ministries overseas and our ministers are leading, they are helping provide uh, food for them so they're uh, so no one will go hungry. Um, and so, which is very important to, to feed those who are in need of food. And a lot of time, I think um, the, the social aspect of the gospel plays out in that, in that arena. And our ministers have been on the forefront of serving uh, the organization, uh, the same as a bigger part of the organization, we have been um, uh, sending funds and resources to help support them in this very, very, very challenging time where there's a lot of starvation in these uh, poor areas. Uh, and so those are some things we've been doing, but also keeping the local government also accountable to the needs of the poor. A lot of times they don't have advocacy. And so um, our minister have, been, have stepped in to advocate for them. So you're in in nine countries, you listed several of them, at, uh, like including Kenya, Pakistan, India, and, and you ordain or oversee up to 1500 ministers, of which only 50 are here in America. But I imagine we here in America are so wealthy compared to yes. the people over there yes. that, that we should be sending our money there, right? We're not asking them yes. for money and, and you're not doing this to, to grow your own kingdom or get rich in any way. Mm -hmm. We're doing this literally to, to serve the poor and disenfranchised in, in places where they need help from American donors. How can people get yeah. in touch with you or support you? Yeah, I think the first thing, you know, I think, you know, I always covered, covered uh, people's prayers. You know, we believe in the power of prayer. Um, and so that's, that's the first thing is people can pray for our organization. The other thing, you know, they can support our organization by going to our website, uh, donating to different causes that we have on there. And that's on uh, www.wficc.org, www.wficc.org. They can go down and make donations there. Those are ways that they can help support those ministries overseas who, are in, who badly need those uh, resources. Um, but I think also just being us, uh, just having lift them up in prayer, that's, that's just as important. Amen to that, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, Jesus said in Matthew 25 that whatever you do for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you do it yeah. unto me. And he, he gives a yeah. list there, you know, uh, I, was, I was sick and you visited me and I was in prison. Uh, I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was naked and you clothed me. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. Um, how, does, how do the words of Jesus, or, or just tell me your, your testimony of having encountered the living Christ how does that influence your desire to serve? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, you know, I, uh, my testimony with Christ was at a very young age, and, and like I say, I was surrounded uh, by a lot of hardship and poverty and crime, and so I came to the Lord at a very young age, uh, where you know I felt that you know I had two options. One option was to to live live the life on the street, on the street, or or to uh, go a different path, and I found that path through my Lord and Savior. 
uh, the, the interesting part how it happened was that uh, I was basically running away from uh, my, my parents and their situation as a young kid, probably about 11 or 12 years old, and I got lost trying to run away. It's kind of ironic to get lost trying to run away. And <laughs> I remember deciding I need to go back home, and I just said, God, I said, listen, God, you help me. And I don't know very much about you, but I've been told a lot about you from what I've heard. If you help me find my way back home, uh, I would serve you. And through that, uh, by God's divine blessing, uh, uh, my dad's brother was driving down the highway and he spotted a kid who looked just like him. And he said, I, I, he said, it has to be a call. Well, he picked me up and took me back home and I was safe. But that was the beginning of my call story, uh, finding God on a, on, a, on a lonely, dusty road in Arkansas and finding him to be a God that cares deeply for those who are disenfranchised and cares deeply for those who are oppressed and poor. And that became part of my own uh, story and narrative, my walk with Christ and living that out in my life um, and as I minister to others. Amen to that. And your beautiful wife, Kristen Caldwell, is the Metrop Metropolitan Bishop of our organization. And, yes. uh, and, and I've met so many other wonderful, uh, especially African-American ministers through your organization, uh, Pastor Victor Brown, uh, Irvin Breyer, mm -hmm. uh, who, who ordains people for military chaplaincy. I was a former Navy chaplain, but if somebody wanted mm -hmm. to become uh, maybe a, an Air Force or Army chaplain, they could contact, maybe seek ordination through your group yeah. and, and we'll help them. Um, why do you why do you care about ordaining the next generation of ministers? Um, can you repeat that for me? Well, why do you why do you want to ordain and and provide cover for the next generation of ministers? Well, I think it is so important for this next generation because I think they are experiencing things that some of us have not experienced. You know, no, and that's so I think it's important that they have not only the, the, the spiritual and, and, and uh, knowledge to, to do ministry, but they need to have support and coverage. We're in a world that is very hostile to Christianity and very hostile to those who are called ministers of God. And I think we're getting into an era where we would have experienced a lot more hostility. And I think it's important for our ministers to have uh, pastoral support on a level uh, on a strategic level to speak into their life, to not only just support, but also to, to offer mentorship to God, but also to offer the credentials they need to go into those ministries. Um, as, it, as the world turns, uh, those ministries become more challenging, especially in the, area, just in the area of chaplaincy. You know, it's like I tell ministers all the time when I speak at the university, it's like going to chaplaincy without an endorsement is like going to buying a car but not getting insurance. Um, and you need insurance in the sense of a spiritual covering, someone who's going to support you when you find yourself, your back against the wall because of hostility towards the calling that has been placed on your life. And so I encourage all ministers to be ordained um, as they go into live out the calling as ministers. Amen to that. We need to take another short break. When we come back, I will ask Archbishop Caldwell to pray for you. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition 
Today, I want to invite you to sign a critical petition to defend innocent babies and to end abortion in America. On this show, we like to pray and petition God, but we also need you to take action today by petitioning Congress to stop the taxpayer-funded child killing, especially by defunding Planned Parenthood, America's number one abortion provider. Why are your taxes paying to murder innocent children in the womb? Well, if Congress would simply define personhood as life beginning at conception, we can reverse Roe versus Wade. Please join me today by signing this important petition to Congress. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign your petition today. Sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Are you frustrated by recent events in American politics? Do you wish you had the power to change what's going on? Well, now you do. Don't say I'm only one person, I can't make a difference because we give you political power when you buy the book, How to Liberate the World, a step-by-step guide to take back your country. Listen, I spent a lifetime learning these lessons. I give it to you for almost peanuts, right? We are gonna teach you how to take back your country in a step-by-step guide. There's 30 small chapters, 30 prayers at the end. This is a Christian book, but we're gonna use all the same political power tools that the left has been using for years, and we're gonna win this back for the kingdom of God. For example, in the book it teaches how to write a press release and get your story in the newspapers, how to organize a petition drive or a rally and get a thousand people to sign your petition, how to do fundraising for your organization or for your cause. That one chapter alone is worth the price of the book. And finally, how to run for political office and win your own seat in local office. I did this, I was a Colorado State Representative. You can do these things and just to show you that it really works, we're gonna throw in this DVD set. This is how to be an effective Christian activist. Normally, the two together would be $45. We're gonna give it to you for $30 suggested donation when you call us today at 866-Obey-God. Stay tuned for the end of our show to learn how to partner with this ministry. Here's Dr. Chaps. Okay, Archbishop, we have just three minutes left and we're coming back from the break. Here we go. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Archbishop Everett Caldwell of WFICC.org. That's the website that is the Worldwide Fellowship of Independent Christian Churches. He is the leader of a massive denomination, 1500 ministries around the globe. And Bishop, I want uh, just to give you the last three minutes here. There's somebody out there watching and maybe they don't know Jesus or maybe they are poor and disenfranchised. And how would you minister to them in these trying times? And maybe you could pray for them. Yeah. Like I said, I think minister to them is to be very present where they're at. Um, I think it's easy to try to fix problems and listen to understand their problems. I think that's very important in minister to the poor. But also I think it's teaching, you know, being an advocate for them, while also teaching them that that this world is not the uh, is not the end. This is there's something more beautiful than with the present condition that we're in. And so with that, I would definitely pray for them and pray for our viewers. Let us pray. Please. Dear God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to lift up a prayer for those who are poor, those who are in much need during this time of their life and who feel their backs against the wall. May you touch them. May they feel your grace. 
May the Holy Spirit just comfort them. May you be that great physician in their life. And may they know that you love them. And may you watch over them. And this we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Archbishop. You, you started out as a pastor, but you're a very educated man. Uh, describe where you went to seminary and what did you re- learn about? What did you write about? Oh, thank you. Yes, yeah, I went to seminary. Uh, I, uh, I spent my first four years at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. I uh, did a philosophy, philosophy and religion degree. Uh, then went over to uh, Ashton Theological Seminary, did a master in uh, religion and philosophy. Then I did a doctorate in African-American or Black Church Studies. Um, and my dissertation was focused on on the on the um, on the ministry of African-American chaplains during the Civil War to African-American, African-American units and uh, battalions. Uh, a lot of people don't know there was an African-American chaplain who was serving as officers during that time of the Civil War. Actually, the fact is that they were the first African-American officers to serve in the military war chaplains, and they brought a lot of comfort to, the, to their people. And so my focus, my dissertation was around the area, looking at the prophetic ministry of African-American chaplains and their calling to those units. I love it, and I love uh, the vision, especially having been a military chaplain. Uh, I'd like to read that and go back and figure out who came way before me. Our guest has been Archbishop Everett Caldwell. Thank you, sir. Uh, His website, wficc.org. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. Please donate when you visit PrayInJesusName.org or call us if you need prayer today or if you just prayed with us, call us anyway. 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. I'm Dr. Chaps. Jesus said in Matthew 24 that famine would be a sign of the end. And we are now facing a famine of biblical proportions in one of the poorest states in India where our charity has sponsored up to 259 orphans and children for many years. But now, there are thousands of people starving in the streets because of the unemployment there. And we've been helping widows, like the letter we received from Sanuri, who writes to us and says, I stay with my three children in the slum. I was washing plates in the hotel and earning bread for my family, paying house rent. Suddenly, I lost my income. After hotels were closed by the government, this was a shocking moment for me. Afterward, we could manage eating half a meal a day to manage a scanty ration for longer days. When there was no ration left for my family, I was quietly weeping outside with agony. An unknown fellow came and asked whether I am a widow. I said, yes. He wrote my name and address and asked me to collect ration from your office. I got that ration with joyful tears. I strongly believe that God helps the helpless during troubled times through benevolent people. You know the benevolent people she's talking about are you and your generosity when you give through our ministry is actually helping her to see God. Would you please donate today at 866-Obey-God Again, our phone number, 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D, and help us supply a matching gift. We've already given up to $10,000 to supply 100,000 meals, and there's somebody out there who could double that gift with one stroke of a pen. 
please donate through our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and designate your gift to India Relief. Please give today. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.